This is Zoe Church LA. We're not just fans, but rather followers of Jesus. Tune in as Pastor Chad Veach teaches of God's love and how we can live a Zoe life, an abundant life. Amen and amen. And um, if you have a Bible today, go to the book of Ephesians. Go to Ephesians chapter 6. And um, again, we are delighted that you're here today. And we are very ecstatic about all the things that are happening in the life of the church and excited for the new series next Sunday. I hope to see you back. True values, talking about what to value. I don't know about you, but I look around and see what's happening in Syria and North Korea and uh, Russia and all over the world. And I think to myself, now more than ever, I need to know as a leader in my, in my home, as a leader of my marriage and my children, I want to know what does God want me to value? And we're going to be talking about the values to have in, uh, in today's society in a shifting world. And I believe that it's going to bring great strength and great encouragement to you. And we're going to build lives the way that God wants us to. No matter what's happening in the political world, no matter what's happening in America, we're going to build lives that, are, that can last the storms that are coming our way. And we can give God the glory and see the Lakers win a championship. Chad, it had nothing to do with true values. Yeah, but it's just I'm excited about it, okay? Um, so we'd love to see you back next week. And I do want to say thank you to everybody. Um, we had, uh, I think, a record for us how many people served yesterday at uh, the park. It was incredible. And I think there's a few photos of the event yesterday, people out at the Easter egg hunt. If we could put, put up the pictures if they have the pictures, we'll put them up. Look at all these kids. That's little Rexford right there. And um, just all these people. We're out there in the Dream Team t-shirts. And uh, there's little, there's, there's Lacey right there. She's the best, one of our uh, producers of our services. And we had bunnies out there. and all. Look at this is my favorite photo of the day. Look at that one. Is that the best photo you've ever seen right there? So anyways, all kinds of people out there. One more time, put your hands together for everybody that was out serving and helping out, doing a great job, and uh, be a part of it next year. Does that sound good? Do you have a Bible or an iPad or something to go to Ephesians chapter 6? And um, I'm going to jump right in for the sake of time. I'm going to grab my little iPad. And uh, for those of you that um, have not been with us, and maybe this is your first time or your first time to this series, I'm going to give a quick recap so that you can understand we are about to end the Ephesians series today. This is the climactic conclusion, the last chapter in the book of Ephesians, chapter 6. Um, we have been marching through this wonderful book of the Bible, chapter, uh, a chapter per Sunday. And uh, the first three chapters of the book of Ephesians has to do with who we are in Christ. Paul is writing, the Apostle Paul's writing from Rome to a city called Ephesus. He's writing about, well, the realities and the ramifications of the life, death, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Who we now are as believers in Jesus, because he loved us so much, went to the cross, gave us his life. What does this mean? What is the aftermath of Easter Sunday really equal? Paul writes to us in the first three chapters of this book that we have the position now as believers in Christ. We are forgiven. We are redeemed. We are seated in heavenly places. 
Anybody thankful today that although you did not earn or deserve this position, anybody grateful this morning that you have this position? Come on, you can put your hands together if you're grateful. And so he says, this is now who you are in Christ as believers in Jesus. Then the next three chapters are given to the activity that we receive now this position. And now this is what we do as followers of Jesus. This is how we live our life. This is how we approach lifestyle. This is how we approach uh, our families and our, how we treat our bodies, how we treat our relationships. Paul is teaching us how to live a godly life. I love this about God, that God, once you get saved, doesn't take you out of the world, but he teaches you how to thrive in the world. And this is an embodiment of this in chapter 6. This is, the, this is the climax. This is the conclusion. Paul is going to teach us in the, in the end of this letter the most important words. I don't know about you, but before text messages, when I grew up back in the day, we used to write letters in school. Anybody used to pass notes? And when my girl, sorry, Julia, you did, none of them worked out, okay? But um, when a girl used to pass me a note, I didn't want to read the beginning. Hi, how are you? How's fifth period? Whatever. I'm trying to get to the end of that letter. Tell me how big my calf muscles are and how much she loves my ankles, all right? Chad, this is really bizarre. But um, so, so this is the end of it. It's the most important. He's writing the conclusion. Let's read together here from the biggest screen we've ever seen in the history of church. And um, let's follow along. This is the message translation. Are you ready for the word on Easter? Come on, you're a little bit louder than that. Are you ready for the Bible on Easter? By the way, if you're new to Zoe Church, we are a loud church. We're like trying to convince ourselves. Yeah, we are. <laughs> We're excited to be here. Okay, Ephesians 6, verse number 10. It says, God is strong. Love that. God is strong and he wants you to be strong. So take everything the master has set out for you, well-made weapons of the best materials, and put them to use so you will be able to stand up to everything the devil throws your way. This is no afternoon athletic contest that we'll walk away from and forget about in a couple of hours. This is for keeps. A life or death fight to the finish against the devil and all his angels. Be prepared. You're up against far more than you can handle on your own. Take all the help you can get. Every weapon God has issued. So that when it's all over but the shouting, you'll still be able to be on your feet. Truth, righteousness, peace, faith, and salvation are more than words. Learn how to apply them. You'll need them throughout your life. God's word is an indispensable weapon. In the same way, prayer is essential in this ongoing warfare. Pray hard and long. Pray for your brothers. Pray for the Lakers. Pray for your sisters. Keep your eyes open. Keep each other's spirits up so that no one falls behind or drops out. I love this. Yesterday, when, when we said to the little zero to three-year-olds, uh, okay, you can go chase the eggs. And the little zero to three, the little one, three-year-olds running around, you know, all the parents have to help because some of them fall behind and get distracted by the grass or whatever. And you're trying to keep them focused on Starburst and Tootsie Rolls. And so, and so the Bible's saying we're supposed to keep each other's spirits up so that nobody falls behind. Anybody thankful today that God is not just concerned with your success, but he's concerned with all of our success. Come 
Come on, anybody thankful that you're a part of a family where you can help encourage one another and build faith for one another. I want to preach a message on Easter Sunday this year. In the conclusion of our Ephesians series, you can write down the title. It's called, um, and I love this title, it's called Playing for Keeps. Playing for Keeps. And I want to pray and believe that by the end of this service, that when you walk out these doors, you will feel God's goodness and God's grace working in your spirit, working in your life, and you will sense that God is up to something big in your life. God does not want to do something small in your world. God wants to do something, as we read in the third chapter, something that is immeasurably more than you could ever ask, think, or imagine. Anybody grateful for that reality and that promise on Easter Sunday? Let's pray. God, we thank you for today. We thank you for Easter Sunday where we can gather together and be strengthened and be encouraged by your word. We're asking on a day like today as we open up the Bible, show us your son Jesus. Teach us, Holy Spirit, who you are. Teach us how to live lives that stand up and flourish in this world. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your faithfulness. We are so grateful for all the things that you're doing that we can't see yet, that we don't even know about, that you're working on our behalf. We say yes and amen to those things. And God, we're thanking you that today's brunch will be the greatest brunch in the history of our life. Bless the orange juice, the gluten-free croissant, and all of the scrambled eggs and ham in Jesus' name. And everybody said together. Come on, who's excited for brunch today? Come on, all the brunch lovers. Brunch. Okay. Um, I grew up, uh, you know, playing basketball. Just ba basketball's just kind of been like my big passion, part, huge part of my life. I love basketball. Kind of grew up with that statement, like ball is life. Like it's just been my whole thing. I love basketball. Love the game. Love to watch it. It's playoff season. And I cannot tell you how many times I have played basketball. Like just in the driveway, at the house, growing up in the gym. I cannot tell you how many times I played the game bump. I can't tell you how many times I played horse or pig, play three-on-three, one-on-one. I just grew up my whole life playing basketball. Like this just is part of, the, of, of life. I can't tell you how many times I've played the game 21. Like basketball camps, basketball drills. Like, I, like my dad used to make fun of me in high school because I couldn't get a girlfriend and I used to sleep with my basketball. My dad said that my girlfriend's name was Spalding. Okay, so just I grew up in love with the game, okay? So ball is life. And so, so yeah, I mean, like I, I, I have forgotten about so many games that I played, so many uh, three-on-threes, two-on-twos, one-on-ones, whatever. But there's, a, there's only a couple uh, memories I have in my athletic career because it was so short of times that it... Like it meant something. Times when it was like, it matters. Like for one example, I remember I was in high school and uh, we were playing against a rival high school of mine and uh, came to the very end of the game and, and, and our coach, we had called a timeout and I was, I was to take the game-winning three-point basket. So we come out the timeout and everybody comes off the screens and the picks and, and I, I come around to the top of the key, the three-point line. I receive the pass. I shoot the ball. I let my, just, my wrist hang like <laughs> Zocella, what? Like just, I just let it out there. And I'm waiting, to, you know, to win the game. And the ball hit the back of the iron and bounced so high. The, the whole, my whole gymnasium from my high school was filled. All the parents and, the, and the, the whole student body. You ever have a thousand people disgusted at you at one moment? 
Like a thousand people just being like, oh, it's like, shut up, you know? So we, we go into overtime and we play the overtime and the overtime comes to the, the same exact moment, the same exact score. And we try this time, I'm not going to miss the shot. So I come off the same pick, same exact spot. And, and when I let this ball go and flick the Zocella, I was just like, oh, that one's going in. It hit the same exact spot, of the, like the same exact ricochet, the same exact crowd noise. Like I got that later that night, you know, we're at like an after party and people are trying to, you know, have a good time. And I'm just, I'm just sitting there with my head down and I'm just like, this one counted. This, it mattered this time. It wasn't in the driveway. It wasn't at just the gym pickup. It, 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 it counted. I want to preach today about how your life, this one counts. You're not going to get another shot at living this life. You're not going to get another shot here on earth. This is a play for keeps mentality. It's a play for keeps world. Anybody thankful today that we're not going to come back and get another shot because after this, we're going to a greater place and the promise and the destination is a place called heaven. Come on, somebody thank God today that we're not going down below where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. Come on, somebody thank God we're going to the streets of gold. Come on, to the banqueting table. Come on, to where there's pleasure forevermore. Anybody excited to go to heaven? Paul is writing, this, is, this matters because, because this is not like an afternoon stroll in the park type of thing you're going to forget about later. No, this one, this counts. This life, it matters. And all the war has been won by Jesus himself, the battle still continues on this earth. The, the reality is that though Jesus went to the cross and he died for the sins of the world, he went down to the grave. He stole the sting of death. He defeated and swallowed up the sin and, and the law and he came up with the victory. Although that is the reality, the war has been won, but the battle still rages. The battle for your mind, the battle for your future, the battle for your soul the battle for your marriage and the battle for your home, that you and I, the Bible's teaching us that although we have the victory in Christ, God has teaching us how to rise up in victory in Christ. I'm gonna give you four things to write down this Easter Sunday, and I pray they bring great encouragement to you. Write down the first reality of Easter Sunday. I love this truth. You can write down the first point, Jesus' victory, it is our victory. In fact, just write that down. His victory is our victory. I love that about Jesus, that the victory that he has, he is not selfish by nature. He doesn't keep the victory to himself. His victory literally becomes our victory. That when Jesus rose from the grave and he defeated all this sin and death and all this victory, he didn't just keep all the praise to himself. He didn't keep all the glory to himself. No, because he made it, we made it. Because he won, we won. Watch what the Bible says here in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Go to the most enormous screen in the history of church, please, with me. When the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable and the mortal with the immortality, then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Watch furthermore. Where, O oh death, is your victory? Where, O oh death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. Oh, verse 37, verse 57 will preach. But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Six people understand what we're talking about today. Come on, anybody thankful today that God gives you and I the victory in Jesus. 
Ah, his victory is, is your victory. What the Bible says we do not only share in his sufferings, but we share in his triumph. We share in his resurrection. We share in the, the reality that Jesus is alive. I love this about Jesus. He goes down to the earth. He defeats death. He defeats sin. And now we get to kind of like mock at it and say, death, where's your sting, death? Where's your victory, law? Oh, you couldn't defeat my God. And now that he's victorious, I'm victorious. I want to ask you today, are you living a victorious life? Because in Jesus, the Bible says, you are not just a conqueror, you are more than a conqueror. The Bible says that you are the head and not the tail. The Bible says that you're a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood. You ought to live like you're victorious. I'm vi come on, you're not playing for the victory. Anybody thankful today that in Jesus, come on church, we've got the victory. You got to have that mentality. I am victorious in Christ. His win is my win. You ever see someone become successful and they start winning and the more they win, the more you feel like you lose and you're stalking them on Instagram. Don't lie in church. You know you do it. And you're stalking them on Instagram and you feel like they're winning and you're just getting all defeated and all insecure. I'm just like, oh, I'm just like, they're winning. I'm not. Your Zochella wrist is out like this. No, the reality is, is that Jesus's win is our win. He doesn't just create distance between his win and our life. No, he brings us along the journey. He brings us into the victory. Come on, anybody thankful today that he shares in the success and the glory of the victory of the cross? Come on, somebody thank God today that Jesus is victory. It is literally our victory. You might not feel like you're successful. You might not feel like you have the victory. But the Bible's teaching us that in Christ, when you are a believer, you have the victory in Jesus. This changes the way that we see ourselves. This changes the way that we approach life. Most of us live life with a defeated mentality. Most of us live life trying to prove something. Most of us think that we've got to earn. We've got to strive. We've got to get in good. We've got to finally make it. No, the Bible's teaching us that you ought to live from the premise, from the perspective, I have the victory. In fact, I want to give you two confessions to write down today. We have been in the Ephesians series having a confession to write down every week. And I want you to put this maybe on your phone in the note section or put it, you know, in your car. Confess this stuff over your life this week. Here's the first confession I want you to write down. Number one, confess. I have the keys to success that I need. God has given me the keys to success. God has given me the keys that I need to have success and to succeed in this life. I love this about God. That God literally gives me, come on, I wish DJ Khaled was here today. Snapchat that, major key alert, what? <laughs> I have the keys that I need to be successful. Now, when Jesus died and went to the grave, some of us could ask, where in the world did he go for three days? Like he died on a Friday, good Friday, I understand that. And then Sunday's coming, we all get excited for Easter Sunday, the resurrection, the celebration. But what was he doing for three days? Like, did he just find a place to like take a nap? Like, man, no, yo, that cross was heavy, I'm tired. <laughs> like, what did he do for three days? Well, the Bible teaches us that when he comes back up, he actually has defeated the enemy and he now has the keys to everlasting life. Watch what the Bible declares to you in Matthew chapter 16. This is a promise from Jesus. Read it here from the screen. It says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. 
What is Jesus saying? He's saying, I, I got the keys, I got the victory, and I'm not holding the keys to myself. Y'all figure it out, good luck. No, he's saying, I'm giving you the keys to the kingdom. You can drive this car. You can get into the house. You have access. You can go to the throne room. You can go to the Father. I'm giving you the keys that you need to be successful. Oh, I love that the Bible's teaching us here in Ephesians chapter 6, and Paul is writing from Rome to Ephesus, and he's going, major key alert, guys. These are not just words. These are keys for success. Salvation, faith, righteousness, truth, peace, the, the, the sword of the Spirit. What are these? These are keys that unlock our success. God has given me everything that I need to become successful on this planet. I have the helmet of salvation. I have the breastplate of righteousness. I have the belt of truth. I have the shield of faith. I have the sword of the spirit. I have the gospel of peace. I have the keys that I need to become successful. Behold, I give you the keys. God is not saying earn the keys. Uh, tithe and I'll think about considering letting you in on the keys. God is, this is not levels of Christianity when you get to the fifth level, then you, the keys are your access. No. When you say yes to Jesus, boom, the keys are yours. Here are the keys that you need. You need salvation. You need righteousness. You need truth. You need faith. You need the Bible. You need the peace of God on your feet. When you've got the keys, major key alert, you've got the keys from heaven for you to be a great father and a great wife and a great husband and a great spouse and a great business leader. Come on, am I preaching to anybody today? Day that is not striving to get some keys, but anybody believe today, I've got the keys. The problem is, is that you have the keys, but you don't use the keys. Are you, are you tapping into the keys that God has given? Behold, I give you the keys of the kingdom. The worst thing that you could do with the keys, the major key alert, is you just leave them on your counter. Leave them in your car. Don't, don't acknowledge them. Don't use them. No, the way that we get, become a prosperous person, the way that we abound in the grace of God, the way that we grow and mature as believers in Jesus is we actually access the keys he's already given us. That's the first confession I want you to write down. Here's the second confession on Easter Sunday. Write down the second confession. I love this one just as much. God has already supplied all of my needs. I just think this is a wonderful confession. God has already supplied all of my needs. Can I ask you a question today? What do you need? Is it finances, relationships, healing? What do you need? Because I promise you, the Bible teaches us in the book of 1 Peter that God has given us everything that we need that pertains to life and godliness. God has already given us everything that we need. So listen, we have to separate the difference between what I want and what I need. There are things that I want. I want to get a, a new house, but welcome to LA. I want, I want this, that, and the other. I want to get muscles, but then I have to go to the gym. I want, there's a lot of things that I want, but there's, a, there's only a few things that I need. And in my needs, everything that I need, he gave me. I needed to be set free from the law of sin and death. I needed to find salvation for everlasting life. I needed to have peace on my pillow so I didn't have to deal with the torment of the devil. He gave it to me. I needed to have the joy of the Lord so it could become my strength. I needed comfort of the Holy Spirit when I went through hell and high water. I needed to have strength for today and hope for tomorrow. Come on, am I preaching to anybody today that is thankful this morning that God has given you everything? My God shall supply your needs according to his riches and according to his glory. In fact, right there, go to Philippians chapter 4 on the screens and watch what the verse says. This is Paul writing to a different church in Philippi. And he says, my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. I like that there's ownership. You ought to take some ownership over God in your life. My God. 
What, what can my God do? My God can defeat the enemy. My God can shoo away a tormenting spirit. My God can take a spirit of poverty and reverse the curse and give me a spirit of abundance. My God and my God. Come on, have you taken ownership of God? My God shall supply all of your needs according to your riches and according to your glory. No, opposite. According to his riches and according to his glory. I just think that's a great confession that you make this week. Every single need that I have, the needs that I have in my life, God is meeting my needs. God is meeting my emotional needs. He's meeting my physical needs, healing for my body. He's meeting my spiritual needs, everything that I need in the Holy Spirit, the comfort of the Holy Spirit, the presence of the Holy Spirit. Everything that I need in my life, God is meeting my needs. I don't have to strive for it. I don't have to try and get in, act a certain behavior. No, it is grace that is abounding. It is Jesus that is coming near to me. It's before I even ask. You know, the Bible says that God knows what you need before you even ask for what you need. That's Matthew chapter 6. It says, don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow has enough worries in itself. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, for all these things shall be added unto you. Why? Because the Bible's saying, before you even come to the prayer cards, God knows what you need. I am thankful today that my needs are being met in Jesus and he knows what I need. And if there's anything that I'm sitting here today going like, God, I really need you to do this. I really need you to do that. This is nothing new. It's nothing I'm putting on his radar. He's already been concerned about it. He's already been figuring it out. He's already been sorting out the issue. Somebody thank God today, a confession to make. God has already met all my needs. I love this. His victory. He gets all the victory and he shares. I've got a one-year-old and a three-year-old. When you have one-year-olds and three-year-olds, you learn about the innate uh, nature of humans, how selfish we are. These are some selfish little people. They are so preposterous. They, are, they need Jesus. They need an altar call. They need hand wipes because of the candy at Zeaster. They need Jesus. And we're all the time teaching, you know, how to share. Jesus is, is, he's a sharing God, isn't he? He gets all the victory and he goes, let me just give you some of my victory. Let me, let me let you in. And God is not saying, well, you get 7% and you get 22% and you 3%. No, God says, I'll give you all of my victory. I share in my victory. And not only do I give you some victory so you got success and you've got prosperity in your soul and you've got grace and the wind of heaven at your back, I'll give you the keys to overcome the devil. By the way, I already won the war. You can rest assured the war has been won, but the battle, the devil's still going to try and attack your body. He's going to try and attack your soul. He's going to try and attack your mind. I'm going to give you the keys that you need to stand up that thing. I'm thankful today that the devil may come as a liar, but I can shoo him away and I can say, greater is he that is within me than he that is within the world. Somebody thank God today that you've got the keys for success. Now I'm living this life and I'm trying to serve God and everything that I need is being met. And I love, this is so encouraging and this is the, the, the last thing I want to tell you and the last thing I want to tell you today is it's more of a question than, than a statement. Write down the fourth thing and worship team, you can make your way out. You can write down number four. Jesus paid it all and the question I have for you on Easter is will you receive it all? Jesus, I'm just rest assured, he covered the whole thing. He paid for it all. I mean, he's, he's hanging on the cross and he's going, I, I, I'll pay for salvation. He's going down to the grave and he's, he's, he's wiping out sin and death. He, he's destroying, obliterating, 
annihilating the law. I'll pay for it all. What do you need? I'll, I'll, what keys do you need? I'll give you salvation, faith, the sword of the spirit. I'll give you peace. I'll give you everything that you need. I get, uh, success, uh, keys, needs, victory, all of this I have for you. Here it is. Jesus paid for it all. The only question that's pending is will you receive it all? Like, like uh, can you have the ability to stand there as broken as you are, as wretched as you are, as sinful as you and I are? Can you stand there and go, I know I don't deserve it. I know I haven't earned it. I know I fall short. I know I'm not that good, but I'll stand and receive it. I don't know why you're giving me a key. I don't know why you're giving me success. I don't know why you're meeting my need. I don't know why you're, victory, I'm a loser. And God says, I've marked you to be a winner. Jesus paid it all. Will you receive it all? We went to dinner recently and, and we were at the dinner with a very large group and there's a lot of group, you know, big social event, big table of people. And I don't know if you've ever been in a social situation when there's a lot of people at dinner and it go, comes time of the night when the bill's about to be sorted and you're thinking to yourself, all right, all right, yeah, yeah. So we, we all gonna throw our card in here and that's fine, that's, I'm good with that. We're all throwing our cards in so we can help with, with the bill. We're gonna be good. Let me just go to the bathroom, transfer some stuff from my savings to my check is real fast and we're gonna be straight. We're gonna be all right. I got the victory and the success and the keys that I need. All right, we're good. And then, and we're at the dinner, and I was thinking, well, this is gonna be a bill. Wow. Okay. So the waitress comes out, and we're we're, we're you know we're we're getting ready to you know everybody. No, don't try and be a hero right now. You know we're just all gonna throw our cards in. And the waitress walks out, and and and, and she says, uh, hey, you know guys. Uh, so-and-so picked up the bill, the, the, the bill's been sorted. I don't know if you've ever been socially in this predicament, but you have to tell your face to say something that your mind's not thinking. So your face has to go like, oh. But in your head, you're going, thank God. Thank you, Jesus. The devil is a liar. Oh my gosh, I am so grateful. Let me transfer that back on my Venmo real fast. And you got to pretend like, oh, Rack, oh my gosh, you didn't have to do that in your head. Yeah, you did. Yeah, because I seen what you ordered, Rick. I, I didn't order that. I seen what you ordered. I was going to pay for half of that. I didn't want to pay for that. And I, I just, I get a sense this Easter. But the hardest thing for many of us to do is to receive the finished work of the cross. Jesus paid for it all. Can you receive it all? Standing there broken, hurting. Me? Like, you know what I've done. You know where I've been. Surely this is for somebody else. This can't be for me. God's saying, no. I, I, I let you in on the victory. I, I, I'll give you the keys to everlasting life. I, I, I've met all of your needs. What do you need? I'm everything that you need. Jesus plus nothing equals everything. That when I've got Jesus, I've got everything that I need.
And the reality of Easter this Sunday is it's just you and I standing in a position of humility and grace of saying, God, I know I don't deserve it, but at least I'll receive it. And I'll stand here with arms open wide saying thank you that you've been faithful to me. Thanks for tuning in to this week's podcast. We hope you are inspired and encouraged by the message. To get more information about Zoe Church, check out our website, www.zoechurch.org, or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and the newly added Snapchat under the handle Zoe Church LA. Have a blessed day.